0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, Who are you? He admitted, and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, What are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? So we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? He said to them, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, Why then do you baptize, if you are not the Christ, or Elijah, or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. But there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, on this Gaudete Sunday, which again means rejoice, it's a command, that the Lord commands us to rejoice because he has come to save us and he's not done with us yet. And that's good news because it means that the plan that he has for us is far greater than we could have for ourselves. But thinking about this, this time of year, especially, right, in case you don't know it, Christmas is next to Sunday or Monday. And maybe some of us hearing that are like, huh! and think about all the things we have to do, right? Finish Christmas cookies, Christmas cards, Christmas stockings, Christmas shopping, Christmas dinner, get the house ready, right? It's, I think it's easy at this time to think about, okay, Chris, I've been so short this year that I wonder sometimes if that can kind of throw us into a tizzy we're like, maybe, you know, I, I say the word rejoice and you're like, Father, I can't do that today because I have this, 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 this. Right? It's the never-ending to-do list. And yet the church says, stop, Gaudete. slow down, rejoice. But again, it's easy because we can have so many things that we feel like we we need to do in order to get to Christmas Day. That I think it's so easy, and it's usually around this time, right, that um, especially if you're a parent with, with young children or if you have kids at home, that sometimes this is the time of year when people start getting sick, right? Because we're trying to burn the candle at both ends. We're trying to do everything and not taking the time to breathe. And maybe it's easy at this time of year. maybe. Maybe joy seems like a foreign concept to us or a foreign concept to you because it's easy to feel burnt out even before we even get to this great day of Christmas and then sure enough it happens and then it's over. And then we don't even have time to enjoy it because we're so focused on all the things that need to get done in order to get to that day. But when St. Paul commands us and it's, this is a word of scriptures. This is truth. So when he says rejoice always, he's saying don't wait to rejoice. Rejoice now or you will never rejoice. Rejoice now in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of to-do lists. Why? Because God is still working. He's still working. We heard that in the first reading this morning, right, that Isaiah says, as the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice and praise spring up before all the nations, right? We look outside and many of the plants that we're used to seeing are dead. It's wintertime. But we know what's going to happen in the spring. We know that the very plants which are dead and remain dormant are going to spring up from the ground. Hopefully sooner rather than later. But we know it'll happen. And so God is is using this image from, from the seasons and the cycles of nature to make a very profound point about how he works in our lives. Which is that even when it seems like he's not working, he is. Even when we feel like he's far from us, he's not. Even when we can't see the growth in our lives, it's not a problem on God's part. But we're still invited to draw near to him. We're still invited to see, to look at the cycles of nature And to allow God to speak to each and every one of us here and say, I'm with you. Through it all, I'm with you. The reason we can rejoice always is not because our circumstances are always that great. Or even at times we don't feel like rejoicing. The invitation to rejoice, brothers and sisters, is because he is always with us. Rejoice always. Why? Because he's always with us. He's here. But again, in the midst of our busyness, it's hard to see that. It's easy to suffer from that burnout, from being burnt out by life, burning the candle at both ends. And it saps our joy. It saps our peace at the most joyful and wonderful time of the year as the song goes. And so St. Paul says in the second reading today, he says, do not quench the spirits. Right, that image of quenching, it's like if I took my fingers, but I'm not going to do this because I can't actually do this. and Extinguish a candle. That's quenching the spirits. That's quenching the flame. And he's saying, don't do that. Don't burn out. And the recipe for not burning out is the recipe for burning bright. Because Jesus in the gospel, when he talks about his cousin, he has this beautiful word. He says, My cousin John the Baptist was a flaming torch. Powerful image. That God sees this in John the Baptist's life and sees this is the gift that God the Father has given John. And Jesus is recognizing, calling it out. He's a flaming torch, he burned bright. Do you long to burn bright? Do you long for more peace? More joy? More faithfulness? More love? More of God's love in your heart? Gaudete. Rejoice, always. Why? Because. These are the very things that he wishes to pour out upon us right now. But sometimes we have a hard time recognizing that. Because at this time of year where things get so busy, sometimes we're working at such a frenetic pace that not only we make ourselves sick, maybe we're tired of writing Christmas cards, maybe we're tired of the Christmas shopping, maybe we're just tired. And so maybe part of that invitation to rejoice is to rest is to slow down there's a great book highly recommended called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and in it the author has this conversation with this, this pastor and the pastor from one pastor to another he's like what's the recipe like what's what's the secret to having more joy and the pastor looks at him and he says hurry right hurrying around running around frenetic all the time Is the great enemy of the spiritual life. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. It's also the great enemy of relationships. Right? Because what happens is when we get hurried and when we get frenetic and frantic, that's often the times that we become careless with our words, right? Hurry and love are like oil and water, they don't mix. how true it is, how easy it is Right when we're worried, when we're frenetic when we're anxious to become short and curt with the ones around us that we love because maybe life is moving at a certain pace but our mind is working faster than life can handle and we do get tired we get sick, we get burnt out, we get cynical we get exhausted, all those things So the invitation for us to rejoice is to slow down. Because God is patient. He's not in a hurry. And if we're always in a hurry, then we will be unable to hear his voice. For always running around in a hurry and not accepting his invitation to rest and to slow down, then we won't be able to hear his voice and how we long to hear his voice. How we long for him to speak to us, but we have to slow down, which is a sign of contradiction to our culture right now. The culture gets more and more frenetic, especially as we get closer and closer to Christmas. Maybe this week we do the opposite. Rest. Slow down, because just like a plant, right? As the earth brings forth its plants, and a garden makes its growth spring up, right? Sometimes the seed needs to be dormant in order for that growth to happen. Maybe that dormancy for us—that's slowing down—is coming to the chapel. If it's open, I'm not the campus minister here, so I can't confirm that. Always open. Always open. There we go. Always open. So there's the invitation. Come and rest. Soak in God's presence. Right? Because just like a seed, just like a plant, in order to grow up, it needs light and it needs water. It steps into the light of God's presence and we soak in his word, which is like water, which nourishes our souls. So can we slow down? Can we stop hurrying? Because God is so He is patient itself. We heard that in the second reading last week. He says He is patient with you. Hear those words, my brothers and sisters, for each and every one of us right now. He God is patient with you. Because He's the one that brings about the growth. He's the one that brings about the transformation. We have to be obedient plants and come and do what plants do, sit in his presence, soak in his word, stand in his light, so that that growth can happen for us. And in the gospel today we hear about John the Baptist, who is so clear, he's so honest. I love it. right They, they ask him, "Are you the Christ?" And he says, "I'm not." Are you Elijah? I'm not, are you the prophet? No. Who are you then? He says, I am the voice of one crying out of the desert. John the Baptist knew his role. And how often do we struggle with burnout? Do we struggle with a lack of peace or a sense of anxiety, a sense of worry in our life because we forget our role? So here's a real simple prayer that you can say, you can pray without ceasing. All day, every day. Six words. You are God and I am not. Why? Because what happens is if we don't allow that mindset of the Lord and don't recognize who he is, then we won't know our role and we'll try and do his role for other people. Right? We try and control things. We try and be perfect in our relationships. We try and do everything, everything. What happens? We burn out like a candle. And so here's John the Baptist who's giving us this example for all of us, no matter our state in life, no matter who we are. There's so much freedom found in those six words. You are God and I am not Because He is God, He's the one responsible for the growth in ourselves and in other people. Because again, how often it is that we look at somebody else and we say, I just wish you would change. I wish you would be different at times, or you know, I see this growth, but I want it, we want to microwave life in relationships. And those times where we get frantic, those times where we try and grasp and cling to control are the very moments in which we're invited to say, you are God and I am not. You are God and I'm not, which means I don't have to be. Which means I don't even have to fulfill my role perfectly because I can't. Whether you're a parent or a grandparent or a sibling. All those words were in true for us. You are God and I am not. Again, embrace the freedom found in those six words. Otherwise, we're going to feel an over-responsibility for those around us. But because he is God, we hear about the God that he is. Right, that second reading. Paul tells us, do these things. Here's what we should do, which is rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks to God. Do not quench the spirit. Hold fast to what is good. But then he says, Here's what God does: he says, God, may the God of peace make you perfectly holy. And may you entirely spirit, soul, and body be preserved, blameless for the coming of our lord jesus christ the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it my brothers and sisters god will make you a saint because this is what he's promised but we have to respond to that he'll do the work it says he god will make us holy God will give us peace God will give us joy and freedom God will give us rest because he's faithful because he's patient because what he promises will come to pass he will do it question is, will we let him do it? Will we let him make us holy? Will we let us, will we let him make us his? And on this Gaudete Sunday, we're invited to rejoice because Jesus on the cross has done all the work that is possible to make us holy. And like Our Lady, at the Annunciation said, yes, let it be done to me according to your word. The same is true for us. Let it be done to us, because God promises according to his word to make us holy, to give us peace, and to give us joy.